You are listening to www.infinitesmile.org. Enjoy these uninspired talks given by Michael McAllister, followed up by question and answer exchanges with groups of his students. Viktor Frankl once said, What is to give light must endure burning. What is to give light must endure burning. And this quote reminded me so much of what we've been kind of emphasizing over the last several weeks, the three stages of one's practice, how we typically go into Buddhist or any type of deep spiritual practice, non-dual spiritual practice, with recognition being our first step. It's kind of like a stage of accumulation, you know? We start collecting all things Buddhist or all things Christian. We hang stuff on our wall. We have little reminders and stuff like that. We tend to do that at our first stage. We begin reading, maybe even writing. Bad habit. <laughs> <laughs> but this is usually in, in the first stage. It's as ego approaches spirit. And as ego approaches spirit, typically we'll choose a path. And in choosing that path, it you know tries to figure out which one to take up the mountain. Right? This is totally, totally normal, totally appropriate. A, this is when ego becomes this amazing tool. Okay? It's what gets us into this in the first place. It recognizes, you know, something's missing. I, I, I think that I, I, I need enlightenment or I need uh, deep liberation or I have had some experiences that I want to unpack, deconstruct in a way through a particular tradition or something like that. Whatever the case, we have our first dive our first attempt, our first jump, starts from the contraction, from our circumstantial life, from the relative form of existence. It starts there. It has to. Then we go into the next stage, which is resistance as the ego recognizes that, oh goodness, I've bit off much more than I could ever hope to chew. Basically, what this means is, what this approach to spirituality means, is that I must endure burning if I'm to become light. And as the chairman of this board of consciousness, I am not going to uh, end it all here. Certainly not in this way. This resistance happens if you can imagine kind of uh, a spherical container of the contracted sense of self that grows with experience, okay? But it hits a point, just like a balloon. When it's about ready to pop, the surface tension of that boundary, so to speak, begins to stretch 
and literally vibrate. When that happens, generally, we let some air out of the balloon. Too damn scary. Too damn scary. Not going there. And this brings up all sorts of great stuff to work with. A true practice is going to get the surface tension on the balloon of our consciousness <laughs> to stretch really tight. It's going to create tension. It's going to create resistance. And at that point of resistance, there are three choices. Okay. The first choice is let some air out. The second choice is almost unbearable, and that is to stay tense. Okay, The physical manifestation of that can often be really, really horrifying. For us, as we go through it, and to watch in another. There's a third choice. Get a needle. At that total surrender, suddenly, as the balloon pops, there is nothing other than infinity. The balloon totally reconfigures. It's there. It just looks a lot different. Okay? It still can be useful at times. I have no idea where this metaphor is going because I'm like, what do you do? Does the infinite just dangle a floppy balloon around? Say, Aha, I'm still here. Look at my ego. It's reconfigured. <laughs> but getting this needle, uh, I've also described it as having this courage, just like a chick on the inside of its egg, it recognizes there's more. This is not the whole story. And somehow, the mother and the baby chick peck at the same time, in the same place. That's the needle. What happens to the egg? Oh, it opens, it breaks apart. And what do we see? A whole nother world. What was in the egg, what was in the balloon, is still there. It's just totally reorganized in a way that is totally open. It is the unmanifest manifesting as what we call us. It's a conscious life that evolves from that space. It's a life of forgiveness. It's a life of compassion. It's a life of true wisdom. It's a life of knowing with a capital K the kind of knowing that isn't about getting, but is about surrendering. So going from this contracted place and feeling the resistance, another way of looking at this maybe is that you, you get on the other side, it, it, ego reaches to a certain point, the contracted sense, the recognition stage of our practice. It just won't go any further. There needs to be a bridge that gets us into the infinite. And that bridge is built with girders 
that are manufactured by our giving, by our generosity, by our openness in the face of all of it, whatever it is. And again, we can refuse to cross or even build that bridge. It's agony in the middle, absolute agony in the middle between the contracted and the ultimate, that little nether space in there is filled with excruciating agony, which is typically what the ego immediately jumps back and says, not for me. And ego is 100% right. It is not for her, not for him. It is not ego that gets us further. It's letting go of ego. And that which let, lets go of ego is the divine essence of all things. That's the burning. From that place, we are light. And we practice walking into that fire with total courage, absolute courage, and total love. How often do we have to cross that bridge? Every moment, Paul. It's always a new bridge? It's always a new bridge. Does the um, popping of the balloon, is it always a big dramatic event or is it sometimes a more gradual? Depends on the size of the ego. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's a big ego. It's a big pop. Small ego, a kind of a hissing sound. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll demonstrate. Uh, after, after the talk, I'll do an interpretive dance. <laughs> it's uh, big egos. Um, I, I wish I could remember the, the Zen master who said, small ego, small enlightenment. Big ego, big enlightenment. Awakening is awakening is awakening, okay? But how that manifests in an individual, it can take six billion forms. Um, there are some things that orient awakening in all people, and that is a deep resonance with the deep singularity and the recognition that that deep singularity, as we approach it fully, we actually become more and more free. And that freedom then allows for us to change the world. It's not about dissolving into the infinite. It's about letting the infinite recognize itself through your balloon heap. It's recognizing that the surface, the waves on the surface are not the whole story of life. That there is a depth to us that is beyond any egoic storm. It's the recognition that 
all of this is me and you all at once. And that brings with it this spontaneous, powerful, imperative to lean into evolution. We don't stay oceanic. We recognize the oceanic presence and let that carry the waves. Lots of times we can look at awakening as the as a cinema experience for us. Everything that's on the screen is ego. Everything that moves is ego. Suzuki Roshi uh, mentioned that it's really important to have a very clean screen. Love that. Have a clean screen. There's a step further, though. And that is the energy that fires the light in the projector is the same energy that allows the screen to exist. It's the same energy that allows us to witness that movie. At that recognition, that depth of awakening, where, where are we? We are consciously living as all things. And as we consciously live as all things, there is nothing other than compassion in every move. And then we do it again and again. So it's, it's kind of like a movement from the ocean to the individual to the ocean to the individual, in a sense. I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine like we're bobbing up and down <laughs> holding on to the ocean all the time if you're still living in the world and oh it sure it it, it absolutely is hard to imagine which is exactly why this is tough work mm -hmm. this is exactly that's a great thing also uh to bring up tension in the balloon mm -hmm. that very idea it's not easy to surf between these two worlds and I use the, the... Well, but it is surfing is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, it's a drift. If you're, if and you're it's functioning out in the world, right? it's kind of a dance between that, those two awarenesses. Or I like dance better. Because okay. what is dance? It's separate, but it's also together. And when it's done with full articulation, full articulation, it can't help but make your knees weak as you watch it. So be the dance. Um, what are some of the s indications or symptoms of resistance? Anger. Fear. Attack. Defense. Defense. Resistance. Denial. Denial. Any defense mechanization, any type of sublimation, reaction formation, it, you know, anything, anything that we do that is centered and built upon, uh, I'm living in here 
and everything else is out there. Self, other, subject, object, anything that comes from there, from that place, clues us into our resistance. And if we can get in really close touch with that resistance, okay, if we can witness that resistance as it arises, that witnessing is the surrender. That witnessing is not only the bridge, it's the, it's the openness. So, on the path, hold the, ego, hold, hold the mic up because I want to make sure it's a great question. On the path, the ego um, resists. Oh yeah. That's what's creating the tension, and the and the reason I'm saying what's the symptom? It's yeah, I see. The various defenses are an indication that the ego is trying to stop. The yeah. Journey. Yeah. It's and trying that's to. When you have to build the bridge. Right. Mm -hmm. And what we're crossing mm -hmm. is uncertainty. Uncertainty. And uncertainty is suffering to the ego. Uncertainty means anything can happen. What ego is doing is crossing the chasm of anything can happen. And there's either a commitment to that or there is a resistance to it and a running away from it. Or there is a standing right there in that tension, which usually either usually brings people back, but it can still act to boom, catapult them across the bridge. Yeah, or pop the balloon. Or pop the balloon, exactly. Or swim deeper into the ocean. Where does ego get all of this energy and this sense of self-assuredness to... try to guide the whole program away from what ought to be our natural state. Well, it is our natural state. Okay. It, it guards us against it, though. No, I mean, how do, I mean, where does ego get all this sense of power, strength, direction, confidence that mm -hmm. says, aha, don't go there? Mm -hmm. you know. This might sound funny, but it's, it's, it gets it from time. It gets it from past experience and future hope, future, you know, from want, from craving, from instead of being centered, it gets it from whenever there's a lean in or an avoidance pattern, that just starts to create a, uh, it's almost like a, I, I look at it almost like a gyroscope, the string gets pulled whenever time occupies a significant portion of our experience which is exactly why so much of this is about be right in this space, in this moment fully. The space between your thoughts is the freedom. It's the body of the witness. What we have to do then is recognize that there is a whole living that goes on, an ultimate living that goes on without any identification. We have no more identity built from past. We have no more salvation predicated on some future event. We take time out of this experience and our freedom gym comes when we can identify with nothing. We identify with nothing. We attach, is another way of saying this, to nothing. And smile when we pay the woman at the coffee shop for our latte. 
So the living goes from a circumstantial, time-bound awareness into an ultimate living, which is spirit recognizing itself through our steps as we walk. That's not about time. It takes energy away from ego. Another way to do this is to just witness your experience fully. How are you feeling? Can you allow your body to become an experience for that which is truly beyond? Can you allow your mind and your thoughts to become an experience for that which is truly beyond? Beyond body, beyond mind, what do we have? All things. The infinite, which is us at our essence. Walking from that place, moving from that place, is the living of a conscious life. And that's a bodhisattva. Ego does not want that. It wants to identify itself as a bodhisattva. It is a limited view that thinks it's absolute. And so the way out of that is to watch that. The watching paying total attention to our life is the way we withdraw this the gas that's the way we we immediately uh, you know and then the ego goes from being a gas guzzler it goes into you know prius status you know and then from prius status it becomes a bike and then pretty soon it just has to walk and then it gets tired and says, go ahead go ahead that happens when we withdraw time the balloon the needle is that withdrawal of time creativity is that needle so when you're saying time you're talking about the human concept of time past present calendar clocks all the stuff we live with well no calendars and clocks can be really useful they can be really helpful. I mean, you want. I mean, what you don't want to do is go. <laughs> yeah, I, what I'd hate to have. Uh, this you would group never of, get here at seven o'clock. No, I know. <laughs> I would hate to have everybody go home and say, "There's my calendar. I need it no longer. Awakening is mine." Yeah. Okay. Oops. You know, we need our calendars. We need our watches. We need only so much as they help us traverse you know, the expanse of, of life, of our circumstance, right? So when I'm, when I'm talking about time, you could also translate this to mind. Okay? Mind. I mean, our big fundamental error is that we tend to identify, okay? Instead of identifying with nothing, we identify with past events or future hopes future dreams. We attach to these things and all they are are just colors that we paint onto the mask to make it more beautiful or more scary or more sexy or whatever. That's all mind. But mind cannot exist without time. Time and mind are equal and ego is equal to mind. Ego and time, totally linked. Cannot separate them. If we are in the present moment fully, 
if we are orienting our experience from the now, from between the space of thought, if that's where we're orienting ourselves from, we are orienting ourselves from that place that is beyond time and beyond mind. Give it a shot, you'll like it. Something that the idea of the uh, the chick in the egg mm-hmm. with the mama hen right. pecking at the same spot um, feels like it's something that can it, it's it's just an idea that there's something out beyond ego that actually wants me to break through, mm-hmm. and that's you know. Some somehow in, in there, I feel like there's a certain amount of faith that there's something there that actually wants me to break through, and it feels like a very powerful image that is drawing me. Right. What is it? <laughs> well, first, I'd be really careful about the ego uh, or mind turning it into an image. Mm-hmm. It's a very natural thing to do, but that's the way the ego will try to manage the experience. Okay. Okay, that puts us instead of um, instead of into uh, Nirmanakaya, it puts us into Sambhogakaya, the subtle realm. That's what we call that. Yeah, it's a fancy term, Sambhogakaya. We go Nirmanakaya is like the way we look at the world when we're in the gross, the the real world. Nirmanakaya is the uh, subtle or dream state. Okay, and then Dharmakaya is the vast emptiness and we can actually experience all these things in our meditative practice okay when that image or that pull or that longing which is merely the universe desperately trying to evolve through you that's all it is the mind tries to manage it Mm -hmm. and it manages it with imagery is this a bad thing certainly not just go look at the Sistine Chapel it's amazing what that longing has sparked. What's the bridge that gets it? It's creativity, right? I mean, that's what we see. When we see great art, great song, great imagery, great sounds, great feelings, all these things that can be elicited from some precious soul who has actually tweaked our clinging nature just enough to where there's a flash of, oh, wow. You know, then what we have the amazing opportunity to do is let go of the image and allow it, allow it to fill us. If there's an image there, great, but don't let it be the answer. Let it just, like every one of these words that we share together on Wednesday nights, let it be a pointer. Everything is just a pointer. It's, it's a way to express something that it's, that's unspeakable. It's the way to F the ineffable. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all.